Hi guys, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast. Uh, my name is Lucy, and this is Quarter Life Crisis Radio, where I'm going to be interviewing various people my age and young people, you know, between teenagers to 20-year-olds to 30-year-olds about mental health issues. Um, in this first episode, I'm joined by my good friend Pete. Say Hi. Good evening, everyone. Hello. And uh, Pete went to University in London. I'm currently at University in London. And so we're going to chat about why London specifically seems to have a lot of mental health issues in the students. Um, so, Pete, why do you think that London is so unique? And why do you think it perhaps stands out from even other kind of city universities? I think with with London especially, it doesn't really feel like a student town because obviously it's not. It's got so much other mm. things going on. that I mean, you go to a place like Bath or Newcastle, it kind of feels student-y from what I've heard from my, my colleagues and friends. Like Even a place like Edinburgh, um, mm. you know, it's very sizable, but it still feels very comfortable as a student, whereas in London you're just you're just another person doing something else in the city. So yeah. you're kind of commuting in with people who are going to work in the city, who are going to work in all wonderful manner of things. And it just feels um, less personal, I think, just because of the... Small fish in a big pond. Very, very much so. And I think it's just kind of yeah. one of those things that you look at and realise that you, you go from a small school environment where you're you're one of maybe... You know, even at big schools like 500, and then you come here and it's just, you're just insignificant. And it's very difficult to accept that sometimes. Yeah, I suppose even with sort of Edinburgh, Bath, Bristol, uh, the other kind of city universities, it seems like all of the university buildings kind of are in one place within those cities. Yeah. As far as I, I'm aware, I haven't really traveled that much around other unis, but. In London, because we have multiple unis as well, it's all quite scattered, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, there are, you, you can be in the same university, like you take mm. um, Kings for the, for the example, just because it's the one I know. You know, it's a 30 minute, you know, 15 minute walk from the library to the humanities campus, but then you're mm. 15 minutes away from another campus. You can, you can be, you can go from, you know 45 minutes away from one campus to the other campus quite easily and that's not typical it's quite a distance obviously most of your classes happen in one place but it's very difficult to build a sense of community um in, for sure in that, in that kind of environment i think also the fact that you know 99 percent of students in london universities can't afford to live in central london and so we we all live in the kind of the, the far reaches of what's considered London and have to commute for 45 minutes to an hour to get to uni. And so, you know, you go, you do your classes and you leave because you can't just walk down the road home and hang out in the evenings. You have to kind of make a day of it. Yeah, I think even, and those who do kind of take the, the, the gamble almost to stay in Central. Mm. I mean, I've, I've stayed in in and around zone one for most of the time here but you do take quite a significant cash hit on that and you've got to kind of consider mm. what you're doing and obviously then it becomes easier because everyone comes to you because you're in central and it's easier but it doesn't mm. make it any any cheaper any more justifiable and 
we were talking about how it's hard to create a community. How do you think that impacts the individual students? Do you think that as a result of that, it's a lot harder to kind of create meaningful relationships with other people? Um, yes and no, really, because mm-hmm. you come from, I know it doesn't sound like it, but I do come from Yorkshire and the sense of community there is um, is much more significant, much more important. And mm. you go down to the local rugby club to help out to set up for a game day just because you're being helpful. I couldn't imagine even finding a rugby club in London. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where it's it's so much more about the individual. So it's more difficult to kind of build a, a community relationship, but individual relationships, whether friendships or otherwise, are, I think, once you find the people you want to mm. hang out with, it, it's much better. And you can also kind of cut the dross of hanging out with someone just because you're near, near around them. You can, oh, I, I haven't seen you in, in a month. Oh, I've just been busy. And it's very much <laughs> because I'm a cynical human being. It's very much easier to avoid people. Um, but at the same time, it's it's easier to kind of make out the time for the people you do want to see without offending anyone because you can just go, oh, let's meet here. And the likelihood of running into someone else is, is less. So because... basically what you're saying is you enjoy the fact that you live in a big city so that you can be selective about who your friends are, right? <laughs> which makes me sound like a complete arsehole but it's just it's just one of those things where I come from uh kind of growing up where I didn't really choose who I was mm-hmm. friends with it was very much circumstance because I went I lived in the middle of nowhere went to a small school went to another fairly small school uh and then it's just kind of your friends were in circumstance where I've come to London and the people that I've been friends with have I've had to put effort into those friendships and relationships so they mean a lot more whereas you know you you sit in a boarding house and it's very much easier to think you know someone quite well and then you leave and then you don't speak them speak to them for three years although i do have a funny story i went like a year without this this is how strange london can be sometimes (laughs) you go a year without seeing anyone from your old school and then this this weekend i saw three people from my old school was that a nice thing not planned that was coincidentally walked into them at various stages of a night out it's really quite in london yeah yeah just in london yeah i mean you touched on what i was going to say next which is as a result of that it's it it, it's more effort to maintain friendships as well and uh you know because of such long travel times and because everything's so busy and because there aren't that many kind of central student locations um you have to there's some planning involved when you want to kind of meet up with a friend more so than just oh he lives on that road in bristol and your friend lives two roads down so i'll just go and pop over yeah and i think also what happens as a result is that you start to move in with Mm. people that perhaps you shouldn't be moving in with because although you get along with them there's kind of a, a clash in how one approaches life like i was quite lucky Oh, well, I, it's quite strange, and this is probably for a different podcast in terms of housing, but um, I'll take a quick digression to make a point, sure. which is my first year I didn't get uh, halls, despite you know living outside of the M25, that's a different event. Um, so I was living with strangers. Second year, I rented a room because those strangers um, told me too late that they didn't want to uh, continue in the house. So it was only in third year that I kind of got to live with a mate. Now, thankfully, 
it's a mate I got along with, with quite well and we kind of kind of worked well together in terms of housing because we both not very bothered about things we make, made sure everything was tidy but we weren't on each other's mm-hmm. asses all the time but I, I've heard horror stories of people who got along really well and shared a house and didn't talk after <laughs> after they moved out with each other so it's kind of uh, pick your poison with that one either you, you kind of look out and uh, are able to live together or what you thought was quite a good friendship gets ruined because one of you is a neurotic clean freak and the other one doesn't care if there's a pen of lager on the floor from time to time. So there is more effort involved in creating friendships in London but the flip side to that is once you know who your friends are you can stick to them and sort of avoid you know you don't have to you don't have to force friendships because everyone is so scattered that you, you're never going to bump into them right. But do you think that that also means that it's harder to make strong friendships because you see each other less than you would at a sort of campus uni? Um, In the short term, yes. I think it takes a lot longer um, because um, you're not kind of making constant contact with them. I mean, to develop a friendship early on is you know, it's no small challenge. Mm. And so you've kind of got to really think about what you're doing and make sure that you're putting effort into socialising rather than just expecting it to mm-hmm. happen. Um, but once once you find, once you kind of find that kind of support network, it's a lot easier. Um, I mean, I think we, we can go into more detail about how the kind of distance and the isolation can affect um, immediate support networks for, you know, when your mental health gets really mm-hmm. bad but in terms of kind of building those uh initial friendships it takes a bit longer but once you do that they are solid and they're a foundation and i think it's much more about being comfortable um not having not needing to go out out to have a friendship i mean there are people um that i have heard of who have uh, had things break down just because they feel like every time they see each other they have to go out out or spend too much mm. money or anything like that whereas if you can find just a bunch of mates you can sit down have a beer with or have a bottle of wine with and go bang that's it and you don't you can also have non-alcoholic drinks as well children you don't have to be forced to be dr- drinking the whole time so i sort of grew up in london um i went to i did go to boarding school but when i wasn't at school i was in london and I wanted to ask you, as someone who was kind of new to London, did you kind did you have a a city overwhelm? Did you kind of come to London and go, oh shit, not only do I have to take in London, but I have to, you know, start uni, I have to figure out how to balance my life, I have to look after myself, and all of that happens within this huge city that I'm unfamiliar with? Yes, I think so. I think... I kind of blagged mm-hmm. it first off. Um, I mean, my initial reaction having moved in was, oh, bloody hell, all these bloody sudden folk. <laughs> uh, uh, kind of broke down like that. But I think really the problem that all young men have is that they kind of feel like to show any sort of vulnerabilities mm-hmm. is weakness and to show weaknesses less masculine. And so when you come down and you, you mm-hmm. move in and you're in a, quite an intimidating city and I've lived in, it's not the worst area in London, but, you know, I'm quite used to kind of walking home past people beating each other up when there's a drug deal gone wrong. And it's, that's like, that's genuinely yeah. intimidating. But am I allowed to show that as an 18-year-old boy fresh out of school? Absolutely mm. not. 
So I just kind of got to bottle it down and bottle it down. And I think that's really, um, by the time I got to Christmas holidays in the first year, I was relieved mm. to get home. I, I, it wasn't to the point where I was thinking of dropping out of uni because I was really enjoying the course and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, I'm really not sure if I can do the whole living in London thing because it's just another level of life. It's because I, you know, originally from Yorkshire, nice, nice, quiet mm. town, nothing dramatic goes on everything everyone knows everyone and you can kind of get along and you know I was I knew a lot of people at home and then I went to Edinburgh for school and that was a small community I still felt quite comfortable um and then you come to London and you're just like oh okay this is no one no one gives a fuck at all that's great um help but you can't ask for help uh, I don't know what it's like for you um Touche, but you know being a being a bloke in, in London feeling a bit lonely is a is very difficult, not because of the feelings of loneliness, but because oh no, this is the centre of being being cool and going out, it's gonna really be great, <laughs> la 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 lads. But actually it's like, well shit. So I've I have a couple of things to say about that. First is that um I think that ninety-five percent of students that come to London think it's gonna be this huge party. And actually I think a, a lot of us have had the experience where we haven't really ended up going out and partying as much as we thought we would. Personally I'm relieved about that, but um I think some people oh, yeah. probably are a bit disappointed about that. But anyway, it, it's funny that you say you felt like you couldn't speak about it because I think one of the things that drew me drew you to me as a friend um was that I found that you were really open about how you talked about things and how you talked about your struggles and and stuff like that so do you want to elaborate any more of that or um I think it's partly because we just I mean I think when we initially met each other we we have mm. a mutual friend um who we both enjoy taking the absolute piss out of which always helps but um i think it's just i think that's quite a unique thing normally like i am relatively shit about talking about things um and london kind of is an enabler in that that effect um i think uh, there are people who i trust who i can kind of talk about things but you know i didn't meet you until my second year yeah yeah and so from there going forward it's just kind of you know, I was slightly more open then, but even then I was just kind of still hiding some of the stuff that I was feeling. It was just better not to talk about it. And so I just, yeah, moved on. Uh, I will also say just to your kind of going out thing, that can be a real, um, can be, you say not, not everyone wants to do it, which is absolutely fair. Well, especially once you've met people you like hanging out with, it's just cheaper not to go out and also club clubs in london they're all hyped up because it's london but most of the good ones are too expensive and the ones you can afford are pretty awful with the exceptions of, of infernos infernos is a great night out um but in terms of kind of the the pressure there i think pressure is a big what big problem in london in terms of because you you sit in one of the greatest cities in the world and i'm and i'm not a londoner so i i, I feel i'm slightly more objective on that than someone who's never moved from london but it is objectively one of the best cities in the world. And you always feel like if you stay in, you're, you're not mm -hmm. taking advantage of it. And especially when you've got friends going out, you feel obliged to go out, even if you're having a terrible day or you just need a day off. It's like, no, no, you've got to go out. And then that compiles. You spend too much money. It just, it's 
spirals. Quite yeah, and I think money, anxiety around money is a big part of that. Not only are we spending more on tuition than we would have five years ago, but in London, London's only getting more expensive and it's hard to find housing that is affordable, but also that we feel safe in, which is what coming back to what you said before. And personally, um, I have, have had a few occasions where I felt absolutely terrified um, walking home at night on my own or I got groped in a Tesco's outside our student flat once, literally in, in the middle of day. Um, and that definitely freaked me out. But like you, um, I didn't feel like I can talk about it. And I think that I would challenge your reasoning that it's because you're a man that you can't talk about these things. I think that we can't talk about these things in general because mental health is still a taboo subject. It's a fair challenge, but I think what the, the point I was trying to make is that um, one of the struggles I particularly had personally was yeah. the masculinity thing. I came from quite a... I mean, Yorkshire is Yorkshire, it's northern, it's one lad doing another lad, lads, 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 and then the whole boarding school experience as well. Uh, I know we're pumping out some really relatable <laughs> content right now, but that, that whole um, that whole uh, boarding school experience as well. Create an environment that makes the discussion of these kind of issues difficult. And I didn't really even start to confront the idea that I might have properly bad anxiety or depression until I'd, you know, done a lot of drinking gone through quite a poor breakup and then realized oh shit i'm not dealing Mm. with this at all well um rather than having the kind of platform or feeling of security or the support from you know the institutions that i would would expect it from that that would kind of allow me to talk i suppose also um in the beginning phases of when you first moved to London, it would have been hard to talk about because you wouldn't have necessarily developed close enough friendships at that point to have anyone to really talk to about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things um, that is challenging when you, when you have that initial stage of Mm. getting to know someone, but definitely not being close enough to kind of scare them off with your issues. Um, And um going from there is quite difficult and that is quite isolating you feel like oh I'm making friends but I have no one to talk to and that kind of back and forth with that is difficult to confront (laughs) yeah so I I remember my first day in halls so my first day of freshers my first day of starting university I was really worried about talking to people and like making new friends and my good friend Leo who you know I, I used to live with we're really good friends now I remember walking down my corridor in halls thinking, oh, I'm going to go downstairs and see if I can try and start a conversation with people. And I saw Leo chatting to Mm. my friend Emily and I walked up to them pretending that I didn't know where the lift was so that I can ask them so that I can strike conversation with them. And I think Leo knows that story, but I'm not sure how many others, but it just goes to show that someone like me, who probably appears fairly confident on the outside, also kind of has the same social anxieties as everyone else. Flipping, I've got to flip the script here. Didn't expect this. I mean, you you asked me the question, what it was like to kind of come to university having just moved to London. What was it like for you kind of having already essentially lived in the city? Obviously, you went to school elsewhere, but, you know, you, you, you did, you have, did you have friends here that you could kind of fall back on if you didn't make 
friends at uni or is it just kind of the same or similar pressure for you? I think that there are two sides to it. There's definitely a pro because it's familiar. Um, I do have lots of family that live here. I do have a few friends that live here. Granted, most of my friends are off at universities outside of London, but that they're always coming back in the holidays and things like that. But I think also it revealed a, a large sense of safety that I had in my particular part of London and where I grew up and where I live, that anywhere, any other part of London felt scary and dangerous. And I really, I really was terrified to walk anywhere on my own in, at night, knowing rationally full well that it's probably safe. Um, I think in the back of my mind, I had a, a, a voice saying, this isn't home, this isn't home, like, you shouldn't be here. And so that really negatively impacted my mental health because I would get really worried about going out on a night out with people that I didn't mm. live with and then having to find my way home on my own. That it really did terrify me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an it's an odd one. I mean, also it's it's difficult for me to relate because those who are listening who don't know who the hell I am, I'm quite a sizable chap. Um, so it, it can be quite it for me. I never, well, there were times where I'm like, Oh God, that guy looks like he's carrying some sort of weapon. I'll, mm. I'll go to the other side of the street. But apart from that, I feel fairly confident about walking home on my own and being able to mm. at least defend myself. Um, even though I, I come from a small town, it's kind of like, well, it's just, it's just one of those things where being the size I am, people tend to not yeah. go there um i mean i've never had issue I've, I've had friends who've had to deal with shit like that and um i've never been part of that i think i think my friends joke that the only reason they're friends with me is because of my size and that means i can kind of escort them mm-hmm. from place to place <laughs> um but you you kind of mentioned there that going around on your own is kind of terrifying do you think that's amplified because it's london or is that just a an issue that you have to deal with um because of your gender um I think that it is because of my gender more than anything. And, you know, rationally, I know that statistically the likelihood of anything happening, it's not that high. And London is relatively safe. And I tend to be savvy about which parts of London I spend time in. But I think that there is a lot of scaremongering that goes on. And it's very easy to sort of panic without thinking. And then at that point, it's very hard to stop panicking. And then um, what results from that is a large Uber bill. (laughs) Because I've spent a lot of money on on Ubers. So where I lived in my flat last year with my friends uh, in Kennington, I would take the tube to Kennington Station and then I'd get in an Uber from the station to my flat, which was probably only a five to eight minute walk. But I had to walk past the the green, which always felt super dodgy to me. Uh, so I just, I would take an yeah. Uber. And I spent a lot of money on Uber. <laughs> then again, there are worse things to spend money on. So that's all right. Dear Uber, yeah, please yeah, sponsor thanks, me. Thank Uber. you. So in my experience, that was a big part of what made me feel really isolated because I wouldn't really talk about it with my flatmates um, because they didn't have the same experience. I would sort of mention it uh, offhandedly, kind of drop it in conversation, but most of them 
sort of said they couldn't really relate and so I didn't press it any further and I didn't take it any further because I just felt stupid but also Mm. I think that as a result of that I didn't want to go out as much and then as a result of that I felt like I wasn't getting involved in the activities of my friends and then as a result of that I felt isolated and that made me not want to hang out even more because I felt like I was an outsider in the group even though I even though sitting here right now I know how stupid that sounds because I'm definitely a valued member of my friendship group and you know you guys come and hang out all the time and I see you guys lots and I chat to you guys lots but for whatever reason I got myself into this huge spiral. Those spirals are absolutely dangerous I think um, something mm-hmm. I definitely struggle with um, especially in my third year um, it was just a case of oh, I've got to keep myself occupied because you know it was but my whole my whole third year was a very up and down kind of year for my mm-hmm. mental health like I had quite uh, just because you guys don't you guys listening clearly do not believe I'm from Yorkshire I walked in a, a grain storage and drying facility of my summers just to earn my keep um and I had quite a serious accident that involved some some nameless worker who I won't name any more than that um not attaching a cherry picker basket to a forklift properly in that basket being dropped from a considerable height at the top of a warehouse uh and then from there that kind of concussed me again and went through various bits of injury and came back to uni mm-hmm. had uh, then broke up with my long-term girlfriend and then from there every time I would stay at home I would just kind of spiral and yeah. there was no one to really at, at home in London or at home at, at home in London yeah because there was, there's no one really to talk to mm-hmm. um so I just spiraled so the, the way I, I dealt with that was to go out and drink and then I kept going out to drink and I kept going out to drink and it got to like January when I was kind of I'd spent through my summer money already mm. and I was like shit how much have I spent in the pub oh my lord that's too much why am I spending that much I just it's or oh, it's just one of those things where I got so dependent on needing yeah. to go out to distract myself, like yeah, partly because of the kind of the the only issues that I was going through, but also kind of you, you, if you sit at home and someone else is going out, you're missing out, and you don't want to miss out. Your friends are having fun, why can't you have fun? And then it just yeah. either you go and you do not miss out, or you stay at home, try to make a sensible decision. Uh, economically and it's just like oh okay never mind I'm I'm alone and, mm. and uh, I've got no one to talk to and it just spirals and spirals and spirals and it's ridiculous because we've got so many different ways of communicating with people now um, and yet you still feel completely isolated because mm. of the kind of situation that everyone else is in. And going going back to sort of London focused conversation I think and I don't know how you feel about this, but I think that London makes it very easy to isolate yourself when you feel Very much so. You could go weeks without talking to anyone, easily. Yeah, for sure. And I think that also, speaking about going on nights out, I think that there is a bit more FOMO in London and a bit more kind of anxiety about not getting involved in London because going on a night out is not just walking down the street to your local club it's you have to sort of make an occasion out of it because it's it's a lot harder to get anywhere and so it becomes a sort of event and everyone gets involved and it's not just you know you decide to go on a night out so you'll just go up the road you have to 
there has to be some sort of pre-planning and so if you don't get involved it's then it's this whole big thing it's all that kind of stuff that's completely unnecessary if you weren't in london because you could just literally walk down to the local pub enjoy a good british evening of drinking ale and what have you but in london it's kind of it's completely different because it's yeah it's ridiculously expensive to just sit in a pub and drink you kind of you almost have to pre-drink to kind of make a decent night out of it if you are one who subscribes to getting drunk is is the way to go about these things and so but not not only that because we can't afford to drink every night we have to arrange it with our friends on when we're going to do things so that everyone sees each other and everyone can afford to drink that night and so as a result of that if you miss out on the one night a week that you go out then you're missing out quite yeah, and severely. Absolutely. And I think also the the irony of that is if you just kind of were comfortable with having one or two drinks and enjoying one's company over the week, you'd probably spend as much as you would on, on a single night out once a week as well. It's just, I think it's also a social pressure to enjoy the university experience like everyone else is enjoying the university experience and all the stories you get from mm-hmm. campus unis and small, small city unis is all these like ridiculous photos of people passing out on the streets or in sofas and all that kind of stuff. You feel like you have to emulate that just because you're at university. Whereas in actual fact, you can, you can have a different university experience in London and still be as a student. You just got to kind of be comfortable with the scenario you're in rather than trying to force these things. Yeah. And I've definitely learned that and I'm very grateful for the friends that I've made because I think a lot of them understand that it's not necessarily my thing and I love I do love going out uh, on occasion but I definitely don't necessarily make a, uh, a regular event out of it but do you think that London University specifically have good enough mental health services and support services because obviously we do have a bigger problem statistically uh, there is evidence to suggest that London has a much lower retention rate and we do have a bigger mental health problem than other universities in the UK um, but do you think that we do enough no, to offset absolutely not. that? Um, it's just thinking no. about this is anecdotal and every experience is different. I will caveat it with that, but mm-hmm. I, I know it's just mental health health provisions in this country are limited at best. Uh, university is a proven time of stress and anxiety, both socially, academically, and any other lead that you want to put on the end of it. But, you know, um, it's just barely, barely good enough. You, I remember doing a talk part of, this because I was uh, president of American football, which I'm sure most people wish I hadn't been. This, um, it's one of those things where uh, I got asked to do a talk on mental health uh, and how that affects athletes. And I thought, oh my God, what an opportunity. What a good thing to organize. Well, that's absolutely what we should be doing. I turn up, there are maybe 15 people there, five of whom are academics of some sort. And then the the others are just really keen sport sports people who are interested in stories. And uh, I told my piece about how I was how I was concussed, but I'd always been quite a sporty person and, and dealing with that injury and the kind of dealing with my anger in different ways and struggling to go through all that kind of story. That's a different story from a different day. But mm-hmm. and then the, one of the sports guys comes up who had invited me, and like, I'm so glad you said that. I was like, well, 
all good in me saying that and getting that early open, but there's 10 people here in a university of tens of thousands of people. And then yeah, no you go to kind of them, try the and get yourself sorted out and you've got to get the, the GP appointment mm-hmm. is fine. And you, you, the university kind of arranges things for you, but you know, it, it takes weeks and weeks mm-hmm. and weeks. And in the intermediate, we, there's very little that is done. I mean, Yes, you puts on some really awful mm-hmm. uh, be active things outside the library and like this is us dealing with mental health. I was like, no, it's not. You're not engaging anyone in conversation. You just stood that stood outside there, making it look like you are spending my money in an effective way. When in actual fact, mm-hmm. I don't want to engage with that. Majority of people don't want to engage with that. It's part of the problem, I think. And I will I will end this monologue soon. But one of the problems. Uh, there is that people have a the SU the people who run these things the SUs of the world and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure some 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 universities do a very good job, but my experience has always been that they kind of relate to who they who they are, and they are the minority more more or less. And so mm-hmm. they're putting out um, things to try to engage people that simply just aren't engaging. And if they're not engaging, people aren't going to connect with them, especially when you're going through a depressive episode or an anxiety episode it's just you don't want to reach out for help the help has to almost reach out to you because it's not it's it's not meaningful that they they use all sorts of sort of fancy words and they say that they're all trained and they say that they'll help but once you actually go there and talk to them they really don't have anything to offer you. I went through first year and it was fine. I didn't. I don't really enjoy being a student, but that's not really so much a mental health issue. But in my first term of my second year, I was super, super low and I really, really struggled. And I remember going in floods of tears to the school counsellor and them saying, sorry, we can't see you now. We'll, we'll see you in a week's time and we've got the next available appointment. So fuck, like, okay. Um, so I went in a week's time and then I spoke to them and she said uh, oh we're full up at the moment so I had this hour-long consultation where I was getting really kind of hopeful that maybe you know they'd give me someone to talk to Um, and at the end of it she said oh we're full up right now but you know we'll put you on the waiting list and hopefully something will come up soon and we offer um, we offer kind of a weekly service but you can only have they said something like you could only have eight sessions and then we have to refer you on to a GP so that we can help other people. And, you know, it's all very well and I do understand that. But there's a way of saying these things and making you wait when you're in a state like that is not, it's it's not responsible um, and it's it's not productive because you just get turned away with no kind of other, like, where else am I going to go? It has a... It has a knock-on effect as well that really when you look at it, if that's your mm-hmm. first touch point with any sort of mental health service in this country... I'm not inclined I'm, to go back. I mean, I definitely would benefit from going back, but there's absolutely no way I'm touching that system. It's it's overcrowded, it's disorganised, no. and it doesn't really help. And then you actually get onto a system and you're like, oh, you missed a session, you, you dropped. It's like, well, what happens if I'm... Oh, or you middle? only have eight sessions and you have to move on to someone else. And, you know, I understand that they need to be able to help a lot of people and not necessarily keep someone on long term but the flip side to that is you you tend to create a fairly 
meaningful and dependent relationship with your therapist and then if that's suddenly cut off just as you're getting to the juicy stuff then how does that help me i think it may uh, weirdly be one of the advantages of london Mm. though because i cannot imagine going to a place where you know somewhere like warwick or uh, somewhere that's kind of just isolated i think exeter is quite isolated from what i know i may be completely wrong on that please don't kill me on that but you know you know you've either got what the uni offers or you're buggered whereas in london you can kind of look to seek other options now obviously there are other limiting factors to that major one being cost not everyone can mm-hmm. afford to uh nhs in london is quite busy anyway so there's all these kind of factors but at least you have alternatives whereas i think if you reverse the roles campus uni people are a bit more buggered uh to be quite you've made you. quite a, a nice pathway into what i was going to talk about for this last bit of the podcast which is what do you think are the benefits to london if there are any and how do you think that that might have a positive impact on our mental health as students in london it's one of those things that seems quite adverse having spent a lot of this podcast talking about how the isolation can be quite a damaging thing but the ability to just kind of remove oneself from the anxieties of life by going and sitting in Hyde Park and reading a book or going to the British Mm. Museum or without fear of bumping into people that you know and having to make polite conversation yeah and it's just the ability the escapism is quite nice but also the the, one of the things I've I've benefited from is the fact that my friends come to see me Mm -hmm. people want to come to London and it's it's been it's been quite nice to kind of keep in contact with that that's been a huge hugely beneficial part of um my back and forth with my own mental health so i can kind of reach out to people who want to come down and they'll come down it'll be great but also i can i can quite comfortably get most places and it's quite easy to kind of manage it Mm -hmm. in that way and i think also the, the other thing is that you can kind of you can still find your own bits of london and make them your own i know my my friends and i have we haven't really ventured outside of south southeast of london but you know it's it's nice to kind of build it up in there and you can find these kind of pockets of london that you can kind of claim to be your own and plus you get the the the, the variety of people you meet is absolutely a bonus you can you, you go to some places and it's just you kind of sort of have to fit in in london you, you don't have to fit in no. with anyone you find the people you and- enjoy who have similar interests to you and you you i want to i want to take it one step further with that comment which is going back to what you said before about feeling like you can't talk about things because you're a man do you think that being in such a inclusive and diverse environment such as london has meant that you feel more sure in yourself and more able to talk about these things than you would have if you perhaps went to bristol well, actually, Bristol's a bad one because they're very, they're very uh, liberal there. But you know, maybe Durham, for example. Um, yes, I think the there are certain universities I I could have attended, and um, not saying oh I could attend every university in this country, but just thinking about where my grades are, where my academic achievement and entertainment lies, that would have been quite bad for me because um, there would have been those kind of mm-hmm. campus unis that you have to get along with a certain type of person here. You can um, be selective. I, I, I can be selective, but also kind of 
there's because there is such a variety of person and and diversity of person, male, female, straight, gay, um, variety of races. Um, ages. I shouldn't put everything so so ages. I shouldn't put everything in so such uh, binary terms. So forgive me if I'm. I get uh, what you're trying to say. It's very diverse. <laughs> It's it's hugely it's hugely diverse, and you can kind of just slot in with people you mm-hmm. get along with, um, no matter what kind of element of whatever spectrum you sit on, mm-hmm. you are. Um, and as a result of that, I have it's just turned out that I I can have a lot of a lot of female friends rather than the male friends just because the way that I kind of um, mm-hmm. interact with people. And that's not to say that I don't have male friends. I do have male friends. It's just kind of where I've fitted in with mm-hmm. most people and I think if I was to go to a, a separate part of the country that might have changed which is which is odd to, odd to imagine yeah and what I wanted to speak about a little bit further is actually how some of the negatives of London are also positives and something that I've experienced is that it's been a big maturity curve and a big independence curve and what I found is that Uh, the fact that London is so isolating and the fact that I did have to sort of deal with a lot of my issues on my own has meant that I've sort of come out the other side feeling very confident in myself and very capable of getting through a lot of shit that happens. I don't know about you, how you feel about that. I have better matured having gone to university in London, whereas if I'd gone to other universities, I would have struggled. And I think also I just... I feel better equipped for life and I'm not saying you can't equip more yourself for life going to other universities I just feel like the experience I've gone through in London has, has kind of prepared me for that and, and prepared me for life outside of education which I think this country in general does a very poor job mm. of doing. And I think that you know obviously there are there are a lot of people out there who do struggle with mental health issues and isolation in London to the point where it really is too much but I think that the majority of us, we do have some very strong personal struggles. But if we get through the other side of it, we're, we're more equipped for life because of that. Yeah, and I think we also kind of understand better the importance of of the friendships mm. that you make. Because I think you you really find out who your true mm-hmm. friends are. And if you've, been, if you've been more selective because of the nature of where you live, you, you, you're more likely to have been able to find those those friends who are be able to support you better whereas i think in other environments you may not have been able to have that luxury yeah and i think that one of the the problems that i found at boarding school was that i found it hard to differentiate between people who really were my friend and people who just acted my friend to keep the peace because we all live in such close proximity with each other you know at one of the things that you have to deal with at boarding school is you live with people and you have no choice but to live with these people so you have no choice but to get on and what develops as a result of that is you know you do have a few very close friends but you also have a few friends that you sort of say hi to every day but they're not really meaningful relationships whereas in London because everything takes a lot of effort uh, or a lot more effort than it would if you were at a campus uni you you know who your friends are because you know who you want to make the effort to speak to and it, it's less likely to kick you in the backside when it goes wrong yeah. i think also i mean I, I had 
one particularly poor example but you know that's just people uh but in general the people i tied my master if you will the guy the guys kind of singled out is my my good friends have have continued to be my good friends having left university and and um progressed onwards like that i mean there are a few who have kind of beginning to fall mm-hmm. out of touch with but majority of them still there but it so. but it is that the other benefit of london which you're now seeing yourself at the moment is that you leave university and you probably stay relatively where you were while you were at university and so you're not you know at university in durham and then moving to london but some of your friends might move elsewhere most people that go to university in london will probably stay in london afterwards and so you do it is easier to maintain those relationships after university than it might be elsewhere. <laughs> London will also kind of be yeah. <laughs> a friend who um, who went uh, went back home to do a master's. She did not enjoy it at all, she, and she's back to London this well, year. Well, everywhere's like, boring in comparison. <laughs> really, well, I think she's just really excited yeah. to come back because because you're the kind of because you leave you leave school and then you realize that the friendships you had some of them are actually genuine friendship the rest are just acquaintances by convenience almost yeah and and so it's just so you go back and you think you've got more more friends than you do yeah, essentially. yeah. <laughs> and then um you start missing the people that you you've built the genuine friendship yeah and i suppose the the thing that we haven't really given london credit for is whilst initially it is hard to find a community in London. Um, down the line, you sort of find that you make your own, I think. Um, I wouldn't go so far as calling it a community. I, just because of where I come from, the com- community means a, a certain thing in terms of um, it goes beyond just a friendship group. But certainly once you've found that, the, that group of friends that you know you're going to hang out with and know that you're going to have a good time with, it's you feel much more comfortable you feel certainly a sense of sense of home and sense of comfort um i I would agree with that certainly um to those of you who have come this far into the podcast firstly thank you but also um i think don't be disheartened by the when we talk about isolation the time it takes that time is very much worth it because the kind of value you get out of that two, three, four, five years down the line is going to be so much more and you're going to feel uh, comfortable and, and, and feel at home despite the kind of issues that London presents. It also presents so many opportunities and you can kind of take yeah, advantage of Yeah, and one of the, the things that I've had in London, build. which I've never sort of felt before, is that we're all busy all the time and I could not see my friends for, you know, a month on end very easily, but that doesn't affect my relationship with them whatsoever because we all are busy and it's so easy to stay busy and not take the time out to see each other. Yeah. I mean, my, my closest uni friends, we, we do what we, we've kind of made a point of seeing each other at least once a month um, for, Mm. for dinner, just so we can catch up properly. And to most people that says once a month, that's not good friendship. We sometimes, we just genuinely struggle to kind of align our diaries. Part of that's because we're really bloody disorganized, but well, I mean, I think we could keep going for hours, but we've got to stop at some point. So maybe we'll continue this in the future. But Pete, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for giving the platform.
why I feel like you you might become the person that I go to if I can't find anyone to interview. So I'm sure you'll be back. Second best. <laughs> Love it. The backup option. Yeah, so what I'm really trying to create here is not so much a, not something necessarily for me, although I do enjoy this as a hobby, but I'm trying to create a sort of platform where we can just chat casually about our own struggles and what it's like being someone our age without anyone else to talk to and if you as the audience feel like you know anyone who would bring value to this or you feel like you would bring value to this even if you don't know me then do send me a message because I'd love to interview anyone and everyone and just get everyone's experiences because everyone experiences these things differently um for those of you that don't know we do have instagram it's qlc radio um it's not very good at the moment but i'm working on it (laughs) and yeah thank you very much and see you next time